Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Going Through It. I'm your host, Mackenzie Fitzpatrick, and this is episode two. On this episode, I decided I'm going to share my personal story of my mental health journey. I wasn't sure when I exactly wanted to publish this episode, but I realized that in these upcoming episodes, I'm going to be asking others to share their personal stories, and it doesn't quite feel right to do that without sharing my own story first. I've shared parts of my mental health journey on social media and other publications, but this is going to be the fullest, realest, authentic story that I can possibly give everyone. So I'm going to start off by telling you about my youth experience in sports. So growing up, I was always super involved in sports. I played soccer, field hockey, basketball, softball, gymnastics. I mean, I literally did everything you could imagine. I just was always really active and I ended up choosing softball in about the eighth grade because that's when it just became more serious with recruiting and things like that. Ultimately, I was just the best at softball and I loved softball the most, so that was the sport I decided to pursue for college. And the recruiting process is truly no joke. That definitely took me through the ringer for sure. I mean, You're sending emails all day to college coaches. You're panicking because the coach is at your game and that's the school you really want to go to. And if you don't perform at your best, you never know what's going to happen. It was really stressful, but ultimately I got the offer from UConn, which was so amazing. I'm so grateful to this day, my experience and everything, which again, we'll get into. But I remember the day that I committed to UConn. I was just so excited. It was my dream school with the sports culture, and it wasn't too far from home, really great academics. And once I committed, this huge weight was lifted off of me, and I just couldn't wait to play college softball. Something a lot of people will tell you after you commit to your college of choice is that, oh, well, the real work starts now. This is when you actually need to start putting in the serious work. Just because you committed doesn't mean it's over. And that's definitely the truth, and I definitely took that to heart. I mean, I remember I asked Coach Mack. um, She was the UConn softball coach who offered me. I asked her, like, what the run test was at UConn. She gave me it, listed it all out, and I was practicing that at the track every single weekend with my mom and my brother. (laughs) I think going into my freshman year... I was just really excited and really nervous. I think they were really normal freshman emotions. You know, you don't really know what's going to happen, but I was so excited to be living out this Division One dream. And UConn truly gave you that in some ways. I mean, you have these incredible facilities. You get all this gear. There's all this rich tradition of sports. And I was totally wrapped up in that in the beginning. And I definitely had these anxieties with, like, punctuality and time. I remember my freshman year roommate, Sophie, if she's listening, I doubt it. But she um, is from England. And we were roommates. And we had 6 a.m. lifts. And... I would have to set my alarm at like 4.50 in the morning because we lived across campus from the facilities and you had to walk and whatever. So I would set my alarm for like 4.50, but I'd wake up at 4.49 every single day just automatically and I would snooze my alarm immediately so I didn't wake Sophie up. Like it was hilarious. Freshman year was really just a whirlwind. I mean, you're adjusting to this new style of learning. I remember like being so confused with the exam situation. I mean, in high school, you get all of these different ways to boost your grade, but in college, it's just like three exams, a couple homeworks here and there. So 
there's just that adjustment period, there's learning this new schedule, and the one thing I really struggled with my freshman year was the lack of time in between activities, and I had to actually meet with our nutritionist, and Liz, she was the nutritionist at the time, she's amazing, I love her, she's now at Boston College, but she really helped me because I struggled with eating lunch because I just felt like I had no time to eat lunch because I was going right from class to the training room to practice to all these different things and so she worked with me we figured something out I would put like lunch meat and pretzels from the dining hall in a plastic baggie and at least it was some sort of fuel and that was a big adjustment. I mean, you're going from high school where it's really structured to college where you just have individuals, you have treatment times, you have classes, you have meetings with your academic advisor. It's a lot. And I didn't feel overwhelmed at the time. I mean, I I did, but I, I loved it. I truly loved it. It was so much fun. I was meeting so many people. I was really enjoying myself. And I let that run for a while. I ended up getting injured in October of my freshman year. I tore my sartorius, which if you don't know what that is, you should probably look up a picture because it's really confusing to explain, but it runs from like your upper, your hip across your quad and connects the inner part of your knee. But yeah, I tore it up by my hip and this was really difficult for me, I remember, because at first, we didn't really know what it was. I was still trying to practice, and I would just be crying because my hip hurt so bad, and I would try my hardest to do everything that we were doing in lift, and I remember my sprint numbers were going down. I wasn't doing drills right. I was just really frustrated, and I remember there being one workout. Um, we were just warming up, and we were doing like A skips, and my hip hurt so bad. I couldn't even lift my leg up, and I just was holding back tears and our trainer Mo was just like, Mac, if you're in pain, stop. And I just broke down in tears. It was just a crazy moment. Like I just had enough. And that's when I finally got a doctor's appointment and they found a torn sartorius. After the doctor saw my hip injury, she ended up shutting me down for a while. I took a lot of time off. I was doing a lot of physical therapy and taking inflammation medicine, but at that point, I just was really focused on getting my hip right, and I wasn't putting this pressure on myself really to go out there and play because I knew I was injured. So going into the spring season, I was still out of a lot of drills and things, but um, we went into games, and I would get some pinch hit at bats. I got a couple innings at first base, and it was okay. I was still in a lot of pain, but... I was just enjoying my time, and then all of a sudden, COVID happens. As everyone knows, COVID sent all of us home for much longer than everyone intended, but with COVID, I was really able to reset, I think, and I got in to see a physical therapist eventually and got my hip right. I built a home gym in my garage. Me and my sister were going to the fields. I ended up playing in a summer league, and I was really enjoying myself. I was working with our nutritionist. We had these team Zooms, but I was really looking forward to sophomore year fall. My sophomore year is when everything really started going downhill for me, and I'm not exactly sure why, but there are a couple reasons which we'll get into. So first, I wasn't feeling myself, and 
I would talk to our doctors, but mostly our athletic trainer, not really the doctors, and I would explain how I was feeling. I was feeling really lightheaded and dizzy all the time, really fatigued. I truly wasn't feeling myself, especially with our running and conditioning. So we would condition two times a week, every week, and every time I would have these like panic attacks because I just felt like I was going to pass out. I'd be leaning up on my teammates, and we still talk about that to this day, but I would be leaning up on them after workouts because I just felt like I was going to pass out, and every time I ate carbs, I felt really tired, and it's I just didn't feel right. I got blood work done and no diabetes, but once that happened, it was just kind of like, okay, well, this is all in my head, so I need to deal with this. Also, my sophomore year fall is when I started putting this immense amount of pressure on myself. And something that I remember just growing up and also through college is that I always had this achiever mentality. And I remember our team doing this personality trait quiz sort of thing with this company. And yeah, achiever was my number one quality and number two was competitiveness. I was always striving for the highest. I was always expecting more of myself. I was never satisfied and this created a really unhealthy relationship with softball and I wasn't enjoying myself. We would be scrimmaging and I remember I'd strike out looking and I'd be really angry and I do remember um, a coach saying, like, you're always mad at the strike zone. You're always mad at the umpires, things like that. But in reality, I was extremely mad at myself. I strike out looking and I'm in my head yelling at myself. Why didn't you swing? You suck. You don't deserve to be here. You need to prove yourself. And it was really, really unhealthy. And then at the same time, I'm not feeling good. So I was just putting this immense amount of pressure on myself to perform. And I did have a talk with my coaches. We would have these meetings um, in the fall and the winter and the spring, whatever. But in one of the meetings, um, you know, we said, like, I just put all of my self-worth on softball and performance. And I remember crying just because it was so true. And I just never could verbalize what I was doing. But I truly valued my self-worth with softball. If I didn't perform good, then that means that reflected on my character, which isn't true. But that is the mentality that I had. So sophomore year, I go home for winter break with a new mindset. And I just wanted to prove myself to not only myself, but also my coaches. So I was working out my hardest. I was lifting my heaviest. Every day I was driving an hour to these batting cages with my sister. I just wanted to prove to everyone that I could do this. And so we go back to school. And the first week of school, we have our run test. And I trained so hard for this run test over winter break. And mind you, I'm still not feeling like myself, but it's fine, you know, like this was all in my head, according to me. So our run test consisted of 16 reps and I was on rep six. So fairly early on and I was actually feeling really good. And to be honest, I don't remember much, but I did pass out at rep six and I hit my head when I hit the ground and 
whoever had already failed the run test was helping out with the trainer and it took a while to get me to feel somewhat okay and we walked me into the training room that was near where we were running the run test and I remember the coaches were there the trainers were there and they're trying to figure out what to do with me I wasn't feeling good I was shaking I really couldn't feel my legs that well and so they ultimately called an ambulance and I went to the ER where they just gave me a bag of fluids they ran some tests but all of the tests that they had came out pretty normal and so from there I had to go to a lot more doctors which obviously had a lot of strain on me I did not play softball for a very long time I wasn't allowed to work out I wasn't really allowed to do anything and obviously this weighed a lot on me when at this point in my life I was still weighing my self-worth with my softball so I was truly lost because I wasn't playing softball I wasn't lifting I really wasn't doing anything season was quickly approaching and I felt like I was spiraling I would ask my trainer do you think I'm gonna get cleared this week and she's like No, like I did a stress test and I thought I was going to pass out. So no, I'm not going to be playing this season. And I was also really struggling with food, not in an eating disorder way at this point, but it was with whatever was happening with my body, I was not able to digest food well and I was throwing up a lot. And this obviously weighed on me because anyone that has experienced anything like that or has ever thrown up, it's not something you want to be doing every single day of your life. It was really, really difficult. And I ended up not traveling our first weekend because of these issues. So the second weekend of season comes around and the team is going to FGCU and everyone said I could go. So obviously I'm looking forward to it. I want to be involved with my team. So we get aboard the plane and we take off for Fort Myers, Florida. And as the plane's landing, I don't really, again, remember much, but I remember the plane landing and I felt like I was going to pass out. I mean, I was sweating. I was like ghostly white. I couldn't really talk. Like my coach was asking me where my bag was and I couldn't really explain myself and verbalize what I wanted to say so yeah it was really bad I walked off the plane somehow and came to but that was really hard and then we had the whole weekend of games still so I was taking it pretty easy and then the flight home came around and yeah it was really really scary I could not see anything on this flight I was having crazy chest pains I could not walk we had a labor and I had to be in a wheelchair in between the flights it was terrifying I was crying too because I just did not know what was happening to my body and when the plane finally landed and I somehow got back to my dorm room I slept for like 12 hours and woke up the next morning and I just could not believe what had just happened. So then obviously I was banned from ever traveling again until we figured out what was wrong with me. But this experience sped up a lot of my doctor's appointments. So at this point, the doctors are suspecting that I have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I had not a clue what POTS was until my doctor asked me just a few simple questions like, Had I been seeing black when I stood up? And I was like, yeah, all the time. I mean, I don't know. And does my heart rate get up 
pretty high when I just stand up and it's just like, yeah, actually, I, I don't know. So they end up scheduling me to get a tilt table test, which confirmed my POTS diagnosis. And the POTS diagnosis was somewhat of a relief because it finally explained what was happening to my body. And all throughout the fall when I was really struggling with running and why I wasn't feeling my best was all because of this. It was all because of this disorder. So getting this diagnosis was somewhat of a relief, but then became extremely terrifying. Now, while it was terrifying, it also gave me a little bit of hope because I knew what was wrong with me and I wanted to start dedicating time to getting back to it. So I was buying all the hydration supplements, buying compression socks, just trying to do what I could. I had support from my family, but at the same time, I was still really isolated from my team because they were traveling every weekend, Thursday to Sunday. So I was alone all of those days. It was also during COVID where we weren't allowed to hang out with other teams. So I'd be alone in my dorm room every single day. I didn't have in-person classes and I was just alone with my thoughts, which created some of my darkest days. And I did tell my doctor about them and finally got in with our therapist on campus. It was just over Zoom. But it did start to help me a little bit. It took me a while to really open up and explain how bad things were. But I did start to talk to this therapist. Eventually, the semester ended and the doctors and trainers and everyone decided to keep me on campus for the summer so that they could monitor me and I could continue with a return to sport program. And this return to sport program really is what gave me a lot of hope because it was structured in a way that I was easing back into softball, which ultimately gave me that end goal of playing softball again. But summer was when I ultimately was facing some of the darkest days of my life. I was never prepared for anything like that. Again, there really was nobody on campus. I was pretty much alone. I had a few teammates, but I really wasn't telling anyone what I was going through. And what had started with being so hopeful of a summer where I thought I would get to this end goal of playing softball turned really dark. This summer is when I really saw all of my mental health issues come to light. I was dealing with anxiety, depression, insomnia, and eventually an eating disorder. This eating disorder came out because I had lost a lot of weight from throwing up a lot of my food in the spring. So I then bought new clothes to fit me because I had lost so much weight that a lot of my pants were really baggy. So I bought new clothes and then I was saying to myself, well, I cannot gain that weight back because I just spent all this money on new clothes. So I was starving myself, but I would then binge eat at night because I was starving. I was still lifting and practicing and doing all of those things. So between everything, I was really struggling. I would lay awake at night in my bed just staring at the ceiling. I'd sleep for a couple hours maybe and just dreading that I had to do everything all over again the next day. I would be in the locker room before weights and just crying in the bathroom and trying to make my eyes look normal again before I went into the weight room. It was some of the darkest days of my life and I really didn't tell anyone except for my therapist and my psychiatrist. 
But at the end of summer, I ended up getting cleared fully to participate in softball. And this gave me the spark of hope that while I'm cleared now, I can play. I should be happy. And I was for a small moment, even though I was really struggling on the inside, I was able to mask it with this fact that I was able to play softball again. I then moved into an apartment with some really great roommates on the women's ice hockey team. They were so supportive, so awesome. I was just having such a great time. And then I would be in my room at night just thinking, how could I not be happy right now? I have amazing roommates. I have great friends. I'm cleared to play softball. This doesn't make sense. If I'm not happy now, how could I ever truly be happy? How could I ever be content in life? Something that I've learned is that depression really alters your brain and what your thoughts are. So even though right now I can tell myself, Mackenzie, you have so much family, you're a person outside of softball, back then my depression altered my thoughts and I was only able to see the dark side of things. So then I got to early October and I had truly reached my lowest point. I was depressed, I was anxious, I wasn't sleeping great, and I was just done. I did not want to do this anymore. I didn't want to have pots for the rest of my life. I didn't want to try and play softball. I just felt like I was never going to be happy. And yes, I reached the ultimate lowest point. But I was saved, and I made myself throw up everything. Um, I saw a doctor, and I was going to be okay. I'm not going to go into the full details of that night, but it was one of the scariest and most traumatic nights of my life. Um, There's a lot to it, but ultimately, I had a second chance. And my mom came up that weekend. We spent the weekend together, and I began seeing this new light of life. I started reading self-help books. I got back into therapy. I was adjusting my priorities in life. I was adjusting my inner circle, and I really was starting to feel like myself again. That's when I decided to share my story on Instagram. I remember it was the end of the semester of my junior year and everyone was sharing their semester highlights in like a photo dump on Instagram. And I did the same thing because I was just like, this is a great trend. I want to highlight all of the amazing things that happened to me this semester. And then I realized, what about all of those people that didn't have an amazing semester? Kind of like myself. Like there's this one side of the semester where I had all these amazing friends and I had all these great experiences. And even one of my teammates was like, Mac, you just posted this dump and wow, you have like so many friends, which is so weird to say, by the way, that's just actually what she said. And I remember sitting there thinking, she doesn't even know everything I just went through this semester and neither does anyone else on Instagram. And I decided to share my story to make others just feel less alone and realize that you're not alone. Other people are going through things and you can have these amazing moments, but then also experience the darkest times of your life. So I shared my story on Instagram and I actually deleted it within like 30 seconds of posting because I was so nervous about it. But within that 30 seconds it was posted, two people had DM'd me saying, thank you so much for sharing. I experienced something similar. 
and I felt like a coward for deleting it and I was like wait two people have already said something that this post has benefited them I'm posting it so I posted it again so that everyone could see it and the support I received was amazing and that's not why I posted it though I posted it for those people that would feel less alone and that's when I really started becoming so passionate about mental health. So then the spring semester rolled around and I was having a much better relationship with my coach. We had talked about me possibly missing practice for therapy because I just didn't even have time in my schedule for therapy. She was constantly checking in on me and I was really starting to find myself outside of my sport because I had gotten this internship with Yukon Huskies social media. I was helping out with the TikTok page and I was really starting to find my passions outside of softball, which really helped me find that identity outside of my sport, which is something I needed for so long. Everything was going really well until softball season started. And while I was really excited to be putting my jersey on and to be traveling and to be with my teammates, I was not feeling great. It was really, really tough. When we had flights at 6 a.m. and we had to leave for him, I just wouldn't even go to sleep because with POTS, I had a lot of preparation I had to do. For games, I'd have to wake up two hours earlier than everyone else for POTS. I had to drink liquid IV. I had to get my blood pressure right. It was really tiring. And ultimately, my body was feeling this exhaustion. When we would be at these away tournaments, I would just be crying. I'd be questioning why I was even doing this. Because also at this point, I knew I was more than the sport. I knew I had other things I could be doing. And while I love softball, why was I making my body feel this way? Ultimately, I ended up asking my coach for a mental health break from softball. And she was more than willing to give me this break, which was really great to have that support and that understanding because that is truly what I needed at the time. I needed to step outside of softball and to see if that is what I wanted, if I wanted to not play softball anymore. I wasn't fully sure, but I also knew that my mind and my body truly needed this break. During this break, I took a lot of time for myself. I think I went home one weekend, I had therapy, I went on walks, and I just really tried to take this time to let myself heal because I needed to know if this was the right decision. Now, it was still really hard to make this decision, and truthfully, I didn't even make the decision myself because I ended up having a doctor's appointment, and my doctor looked at my WHOOP data, which is my heart rate watch, and she saw that my heart rate was 190 beats per minute just cheering on the bucket. And she ultimately decided to medically disqualify me because we had to think long term. We had to think, how is my heart going to sustain this for the rest of my life? While it's healthy now, it's not meant to do that. It's not meant to be at 190 beats for three hours for cheering in a game. And no wonder I was feeling so exhausted and I really needed to take control of my life. When the medical DQ decision came, I honestly felt really relieved. And sure, I was sad. Of course, I was sad because softball is what I put my whole life into. But I had someone else make this decision for me and say, Mackenzie, your body needs to stop. You need to take care of yourself. 
and I felt really relieved. I had this closure. I knew that this was the best decision for me. I knew that I had other things going for me, and I ultimately was going to be able to finish the season in the dugout with my team and watch them try and win a Big East championship. So now everything I just told you about led me to where I am now. I'm medically disqualified at UConn. I'm a senior. And what medical disqualification means that I get to keep my scholarship by completing work in the athletic department. So I'm doing that with student athlete development, which has been so amazing and has really added to my passion of student athlete success off the field. I'm a senior. I'm a sport management major. I'm minoring in psychology and I am loving my senior year working. I am also working with UConn's Championship Labs. I started this podcast. I'm just doing so many things that I wouldn't have been able to do with playing softball and having pots because all of my energy was going to going to class and going to softball, where now I get this extra time to pursue my passions and really find out what I want to do with my life. In terms of my mental health right now, I'm doing really, really great. Softball put a lot of pressure on myself. It gave me a lot of anxiety about every little thing. And I don't have those anxieties or those worries anymore, which has been a huge relief for me. Um, I'm going to therapy about once a month at this point. I'm really in control of my eating habits. I am in tune with myself through journaling, through meditation, yoga. I'm really, really doing well. If you're listening to this podcast today and you feel the same that I used to feel, I hope you know that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that you need to let someone know how you are feeling. It can only get better if you tell someone that you are struggling. I know today's episode was a really heavy topic, but like I said, I'm going to be having guests come on the podcast and I'm going to be asking them to share their stories. And it only felt right that I do the same by sharing mine. And I hope that if just one person listening today hears what I said and realizes that there is hope that this was all worth it. So thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram for updates at going through it pod and also rate and leave us a review. Thank you.